Lay. Kevin and John, Matchup Zone here, talking a little uh, basketball. Uh, Today is more about talking a little, uh, catching up with the uh, technology that's constantly changing with podcasts, John. We are, uh, we're trying to stay with the curve. Yeah, man, we're we're trying out some new stuff today. Uh, Some new software, some new platforms, some new microphones. We got Zoom going on over here. Uh, so we're, 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 we're growing and that yeah. means that's a good thing. We're growing. We're trying to reach more of our fan base. Um, get, get Mr. Kevin Owens out there, especially before his big book release. <laughs> want to make sure we're, we're plugging that as much as possible. It's crazy. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, I don't want to like, I'm not, I was like, and I think this is why, uh, and we're going to have my agent on, uh, eventually. Uh, I think this is why I was kind of like chill as a client. I wasn't high maintenance because I just let my agent do his job. But, like, I wish sometimes now I could go back and be like, fucking pick it up, dude. Like, I need you to do more. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm like, I'm like, with the book thing, I don't want to, I'm like, the same thing. I'm like, should I check? Should I, you know, yeah, I know it's yeah, in the yeah. hands. Do I, like, follow up? Am I, like, you know, it's been a week. Let me follow up. But, uh, well, I think part of it's like we, uh, the the last couple of people we've talked to, we, we, we had, uh, uh, we had Dre, yeah. who's like written like twenty one books, exactly. or whatever. Um, check out Dre. Uh, what was his last name? Dre Baldwin. Dre Baldwin, spectacular interview. That's one of our other things. And who was the guy last week? It was the Celtics beat writer, uh, John Corrales. John Corrales, man. I was I actually looked him up last night because I was working on the um, the YouTube thing. I was pulling pictures yeah. and stuff uh, for that. Yeah, that's a big name. That's yeah. a big pull it for uh, the matchup zone. It's crazy, and I knew him uh, way back when. Like, my first experience, you know, I, I jumped into writing uh, because a friend of mine was like, hey, can you, he's like, you should blog your overseas stuff. So I started doing that, kind of got into it. And then he kind of, uh, like, brought, he was the one who, like, brought up blogs with balls and did all this. That's how I met John. That's how I met a lot of these guys. Well, it kind of puts the pressure on for you as a writer then, right? Yeah. All these past two guys that are like, yeah, yeah like this super is so successful. easy. No it's, problem. Yeah. Get to it, bro. Meanwhile, I wrote a book, and I'm just sitting banging my head <laughs> against the wall. Like, someone take it and pay me for it. Well, listen, man. We're going to get to the book in a little bit. But this, I think we're taking today with our uh, our tech um, our tech trials as an opportunity to get to know you. Oh, sweet. We're going to get to know you, Kev. We've been talking about this for a little while. We want the dirt on Kevin Owens. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna kind of take the chair and, and uh, kind of give, give Kevin Owens an interview. All Put right? me under the microscope. Yeah. Are you nervous? <laughs> yeah, I'm very nervous. A little bit? Yeah. All right, man. So I think the first thing, and we've kind of already touched on this, we want to know uh, what's one thing you wish you had known when you were first starting your your basketball career? Like, you know, we're talking about this overseas basketball. I know we're kind of marketing ourselves to maybe some of these young men and women who are considering playing overseas. You went and played overseas. You got a lot of experience, a lot Mm -hmm. of life experience. What's one thing you wish you had known when you were uh, emerging? Uh, Definitely, um, I wish I knew more about lifting. Uh, obviously, I grew up in the era where lifting weights wasn't like a huge thing. 
uh, like it is now. Now, like taking care of your body, uh, all the stuff that we're doing now is is way more intense. There's we know more. There's more, uh, you know, uh, emphasis on it. But I didn't know shit about it back then. Like I didn't know anything. So I uh, went to Monmouth. We had one strength coach for the entire athletic program, uh, all twenty something sports. So that's uh, that was tough because they couldn't really help me uh, the way I probably needed to be helped because I knew nothing. And uh, now that I kind of like played in the G League or the D League, uh, I learned a lot from coaches and stuff. And then, uh, you know, as I went, I was like, wow, now I know everything. And my body finally came too. But if I was stronger in high school, uh, where could I have gone? Uh, Also, not, um, not putting or labeling out anywhere that like was far away from my house. I feel like I got recruited. The first call that ever came was from USC. Uh, University of Southern California, uh, Henry Bibby, and I was like, nah. You didn't want to go to California? I didn't want to go to California. What's wrong with you, man? I was, it was, <laughs> I was like a homebody. I was like, nah. Nah, pass. I got you. I, I didn't know shit. Yeah. About, I didn't know anything about it. I was like, whatever. So, so you wanted to stay kind of closer to yeah, home? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know it's funny because some people grow up and they're like, I want to get the hell out of here. Exactly. Uh, but I think you and me were like, nah, I got family. I wouldn't. I wouldn't chill. Friends, I wanted to stay close. You know, like. You know, well, Mama's no slouch, man. The, you know, like close to the cities, you know, uh, in the performing arts, the same thing. You want to be close to where the action is. True. And I just think, uh, you know, I, I think if I uh, kind of took the path in like a USC, who knows if I would have played. I want to go to a place where I would have started for four years, which I did at Mammoth, a uh, thousand point scorer. But the thing is, like, I still think about, like, I probably would have gotten a lot better. Like the coaches, the strength training, there was more advanced. There was more money uh, spent on that. So I would have probably improved and uh maybe that would have changed uh my mba career so awesome yeah that's that's like it's interesting because i've known you for a while and to hear some of this stuff to kind of dig in yeah you know like where <laughs> you been bro <laughs> <laughs> um you know sometimes we always talk about like successes why are you here because you're successful but uh i think some of our listeners would like to hear uh what was your your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Like, you know, uh, kind of like piggybacking off the last question or whatever. Yeah. But what was your biggest failure? Um, and what what did you learn from it? Because sometimes that's like the best teaching tool, and that's what people yeah. want to hear about. Where, where did you make any pitfalls in your career? Uh, just I think I think now, um, you know, I worked hard uh, to, to get where I, I got. Um, and, you know, it was a lot of sacrifice. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of passing on things uh, to get there. But uh, it's always that if I knew then when I knew now, um, if I knew like that, that it would have taken more, it would have taken, you know, take a four hour day of me working and it would have been a seven hour day and I would have made it. Uh, So just those extra little bit of time that I kind of spent doing nothing uh, that I could have probably spent uh, working. uh, That's kind of the one biggest regret I have. Uh, That's like the biggest failure. I think like that failure to make the NBA uh, like consistently was because uh, maybe <clears throat> I spent four hours when I should have spent seven hours. I could have been working on this when I didn't. And at the time, I don't know. Like, you never know. Uh, now, looking back on it, you're like, oh, wow. Like, it was hard. I worked my ass off, but the the effort that it would have taken uh, to get to the NBA – uh, I probably could have worked harder. I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was giving everything I had. And now that you're kind of like, well, you could have gone more. So yeah, You always look back and you want to push harder. I exactly. wish I push harder. You know, as, as a coach, you probably see that a lot. And oh, like yeah. The, the young, young guys and young ladies that you coach, you know, just 
not having that drive. In fact, we were talking about that quote from Dre. Yeah. Was that Dre? Yep. Was talking about just, um, you, you don't know how hard you have to work to be the worst guy. The worst guy the in the NBA team. Like, that's the thing. Like, uh, a lot of guys, like, the NBA, like, overseas was a tremendous accomplishment, but, uh, it's it's such a task to be the worst guy in an NBA roster. And, like, no one understands how – like, they just see them waving towels and they're like, they suck and this and that. And you're like, dude, you have no idea how good that guy is. He would, like, wreck any other human being in the world. So yes. it's pretty funny how that works out. What advice do you have for the young ballers out there? Because, like I said, we're trying to market ourselves to maybe yeah. some of these, these young – people coming out of high school and college and, you know, give them the knowledge of uh, the older generation like Dre and you. And uh, I keep thinking always of Adam, Adam Bollinger, yep, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, some of these uh, spectacular players that have had careers. Like what advice would you give to a young cat coming out uh, so other I, than get in the weight room now? Exactly. Get in the weight room. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I would say is, uh, is uh, my mom uh, at my wedding uh, the song that I danced to with my mom was I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. My mom uh, stressed to me, like, dance. Like, you have a chance? Like, dance. Like, do it. So that was that's the biggest thing I'd stress. Like, I – it's it's crazy – shit crazy as it sounds. Uh, I was playing the D-League, and I got the opportunity to play in Poland. And I went there, and I was so pissed off because, like, I was like, you know, it was a bad situation. Uh I ended up going to uh, go back to the D-League, and I was comfortable. And I wanted to stay in my comfort zone, and I got a deal with Australia. And I was like, that's really far. That was, the uh, again, my first reaction, that's really far. And I was like, wow. Um, it's like – and then I heard my mom's words, like, just dance. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm scared. I'm not, this is not something – this is way outside my comfort zone. I, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm so far away. My fam- I'm not going to see my family for 10 months. I was like, whatever, just dance. And I went, and it was the greatest experience of my life. So I think that's what I would say. Like, whatever experience you think, just live them all. Like, you got a chance to go play overseas, go play. If it's a shitty situation, try it. You never know until you try it. I've been in shitty situations, and that's why I have a book coming out, because those situations were hilarious stories that, uh, while it was a little nerve-wracking at the time, now I look back and it was like, that was freaking that awesome. Was it. Like, yeah. it was crazy. So that's uh, what I would say. Dance. It's, it's funny. I make that connection, you know, uh, and you and me sitting here with big-ass beards and, yeah. like, mortgages <laughs> and careers. And exactly. uh, I got two little boys. You got a young, uh, daughter, correct? Yep. You know, the fear yep. that you can feel is, you know, like, uh, you know, males, we're not supposed to feel fear sometimes. Yeah. You know, but uh, when you really dig deep, yeah. You know, you're talking about just, you know, don't be don't be fearful of these things, you yeah. know, uh, whether it's playing basketball overseas or becoming a father or whatever. You True. know, it's, it's all related. Jump, man. Jump and dance and do it all. I, I dig that. <laughs> I dig that. All right, man. Uh, you know, and we can we can go basketball. Sometimes our podcast takes a left turn and we yeah. talk about life a little bit. But uh, can you name three of the most influential people? In your life, it could be anyone, you know, you might want to say coach or something like that, but when it really boils down to it, of all the people walking around this planet or have walked around this, this planet, you know, whether you know them or not, can you give me three names that you really look to uh, as, as an influential character in your life? Well, it's crazy because I think about, you know, uh, basketball-wise, um, you know, my parents obviously got me, like, my ass out of the house, you know, 
you're young and you don't feel like going you're like wanting to be a high school kid and it was like go shoot video games go do this <laughs> go do this go outside and shoot go outside and shoot and i just kind of like that routine of them telling me i had to do it became a routine of me telling myself i had to do it so obviously then my brother uh so funny story, like my, I don't think many people know this. I wrote it in my book, but uh, my brother was the reason I got into professional basketball. I, I went to Monmouth, obviously very successful there, 1,000-point score, um, you know, went to the NCAA tournament. But still, you come out of Monmouth and you're not a big name. So when you talk about, like when I tell people, like, pro basketball is hard, like I was the best player on a Division One school that was, like, flirting with the NCAA tournament. I was the best player on that team. And uh, – to just go and play professional basketball was not a given. It was it was going to be a struggle. Like, I had to, to do things, so I had to go to exposure camps. But the one thing that I was able to do is I had got an agent because my brother was very good and already playing professional basketball. I was able to uh, get drafted into the D-League mainly because uh, of how I did in the exposure camp. And then they watched me. Uh, but I got drafted in the D-League because of my brother. Uh, so he like opened the door for me. I, I say in the book, like he opened the door for me. I broke that bitch down because like <laughs> he got me into the door, but I like, I like got myself because my first experience in the D league, uh, I got my brother and I were in the hotel. Now my brother played in the D league at the time. Um, so he played for Roanoke. I was undrafted. The D league draft was that night. So we were in Atlanta. Uh, I was with my brother in a hotel room. He was already knew where he was going. I just went through the whole combine. Uh, I'm sitting there. I get a call, and it's my brother's coach, like the coach of the Roanoke Dazzle. And my brother's like, it might be that. Pick it up. I picked it up, and it's like, is Jeff there? I'm like, are you kidding me? So <laughs> Jeff goes on, uh, talks to the uh, talks to his coach, uh, and then just hands me the phone, and the coach is like, congratulations, you've been drafted to the D-League. I was like, sweet, didn't even think about that conversation. Yeah. Uh, after uh, I had already – I made the team. I busted it in training camp. I, like, played really well in training camp, had a great game versus Maryland. Uh, my brother told me, he's like, by the way, do you remember when Coach D called? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he was calling, and he said – uh, you have to be okay. I'm going to pick your pick your brother up, but it's the seventh round. I'm telling you right now, he's 99% not going to make this team. So you got to be cool with me cutting him. And my brother's like, yeah, that's fine. My brother didn't say a word to me, just yeah. turned and was like, go out and dominate. Have fun. So it was crazy. So my brother told me that story after I made the team, and it's like, holy shit. That was like that first <laughs> experience. Like, holy shit. Like, I actually – I, I I did this like no yeah. one else did this. Then Your no one else. Accomplishment. Yeah. So that was those are the big people. Uh, Mr. Jim Crawford, coach at Camden Catholic, obviously uh, gave me some great life lessons. Taught me the game. Uh, Camden Catholic made me a better player. So those Is are that the, where you're, co- you're coaching the, a little bit now. Now, yeah, over he, there? I coach with uh, with Jim Crawford. He's oh, now no the way. assistant, but. He's the assistant now because Maddie, who is my who I played with in high school, was a really good friend of mine. Is now the head coach. Uh, Jim Crawford, who coached me, is the assistant coach. So like now, I see him in a diff- different light. We're going and grabbing beers after the game. We're like friends. Uh, when like he was like my mentor before, and you were like he was in awe. Now we're like friends. Like Colleagues. I can text him, and like it's like a crazy how the relationship kind of like goes around. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. awesome. I dig it, man. Um, what what about some listen I'm not I'm not a pro obviously with the basketball I feel a little bit out of the loop sometimes but you know what are some of the common most common myths about playing pro like sometimes you know like what are the things that I'm thinking that you're like John that's not how it is for real <laughs> Uh I think like um 
the sunshine and rainbow uh, aspect of pro basketball. Uh, you got Instagram, you got all this stuff right now, social media, and you see the NBA players and you see them posting these pictures of their beautiful houses, beautiful wives, beautiful uh, this, beautiful that, all the gear, rocking nice clothes, having all this money. Uh, and you're like, whoa, like that's the greatest. They don't really tell you um, – like the negative side. So I think that's like the biggest thing is like there is a negative side to pro basketball uh, that a lot of people don't see. And not that I'm a negative person, uh, but uh, the one thing I always say, like I talk of, like I, I defend LeBron sometimes, even though I think like Jordan's better, you know, the goat. Um, but I defend LeBron sometimes because people are like, well, he's switching teams. He's doing that. And I'm like, well, you have to understand, like, yes, that does taint his legacy. But at the same time, it's a different world that we live in, and this is a business. So if LeBron got hurt, like think about Dak Prescott gets hurt, like he's up for all this money. Jerry Jones is going to pay him that money just because he's like, well, I like you. You're a nice guy. It doesn't work like that. It's a business. So LeBron gets hurt. His career is over, and he's a free agent at the time. No one's picking him up. Yeah. He's the best player. And like so like why should he have loyalty to one team when all of these teams don't have loyalty to you? And I think that's the biggest misconception about basketball is there is no loyalty uh when it comes to basketball. I think it's something that's like almost a myth uh about pro basketball is it's loyalty is not really a thing. I mean, you can't be loyal uh when it's only a one-sided one-sided thing. So Awesome. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's so interesting for me to to hear about some of this stuff because yeah. as a non-pro <laughs> basketball player, you always wonder. You know, I've always been a sports fan, came from a sports family, uh, more in the performing arts. But like when you, I hear you guys saying these stories, like I'm like, I thought you were going to talk about. I, I still can't get it. It was like one of the first interviews we ever did together, and the guy was like, "Yeah, I had brass knuckles in my bag." Yeah, uh, we you know, like uh, I forget. He said there was like a fight on the court at one point. I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty nuts." Uh, that's not stuff you think about when you think about pro um, no. pro hoops. No, it's crazy. But uh, but guess what, Mr. Owens? What's up? You know, we are about that time. Sweet. That uh, we need to do a little of this. Uh oh. Oh. So we need to hear a little bit about this book. Yeah. Where are we in the process? Right, so I know we got a little bit of update on the last interview, but we I did. feel like it's a daily thing, man. It is a daily thing. So uh, here's, the, here's the kicker. Like, um, it's a whole process. So uh, the publishing companies, first you go through uh, the process of like having it, someone like buy into your idea, buy into it and get the book agent on board. Uh, who will shop it. Then you have to reach out to different publications. Then you have to get it pu- uh, published. Uh, so the public- publications reached out to, uh, published or copywritten uh, is is done, which was the next step, copyright. Uh, and then you go into the actual, like, they're going to buy it and offer you contracts. So I've kind of been, like, in and out with these people. Like, mm-hmm. uh, some people, I've gotten people who said they want to buy it, uh, but kind of, you know, there's, like, you're not really sure, like, they're not a big publication, and they're also kind of, you know, you, you read things about them, they kind of scam people around, so I've been kind of, uh, like, reluctant to go with that route, um, but the uh, Triumph Publishing has it right now. Now, it, like, it's a it's a nerve-wracking thing, because, like, you, like I was saying, like, you don't want to bust in and be like, dude, like, what's going on? But at the same time, 
you have all these people with all these books and they have to read the whole freaking thing. Like, they yeah. can't just be like, it's not like a two-day thing. So you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. So this is the process that I hate because you're kind of like, you did all the hard work and it's been like six months pretty much of just waiting, uh, which sucks. Uh, but I've been going through, like, fixing some edits, uh, giving it to some friends to kind of be like, hey, take a look at this, read over it, uh, see what you think. If there's something that, you know, if it's not flowing right, just let me know before I send it. Like, you know, this company says, like, okay, here's the final copy. We need the final copy. So that's kind of where we're at right now. That's awesome. I'm, I'm just so excited to yeah. hear, like, about where we're going with this, yeah, man. That- and that's the thing. Like, if it if if it comes back and it's all negative, and I don't, I I just don't know if I trust these publications. <laughs> where like they're going to like almost rip me off. I might just go the Dre, I might contact Dre and do the Dre. I was gonna say that's what Dre did, right? Put it on Amazon and just start selling selling it that way. And uh, you know, I might have to get someone to throw some money towards it in the beginning to get like all the all the background stuff done. And yeah, but like once that's done, I think it will be it will be good to go. That's awesome. All right, what else do you got to say for yourself, man? Like, tell us about about yourself. Anything we missed? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. I'm just uh, you know, like professional. I always said, like, it's not a negative thing. Professional basketball is a great time. Um, uh, it, it's it's something that that uh, it, it took a lot of hard work, but at the same time, it was uh, such a rewarding experience, even the bad times. Uh, so like I said, like, uh, you know, if you're out there and you, you want to do this, uh, or you're out there and you want to do anything, I mean, even the podcast, even like the book, it's like everything was a, was a jump into the unknown. I'm not a, like, I don't, I, I don't come from a family with authors and stuff like that. I'm not come from a family of all this stuff where like everyone knew podcasting. Yeah. I just, I picked up a, a Google doc and started writing a book. I, uh, jumped on a computer and started doing a podcast like I knew nothing about anything and I feel like it's come a long way um it's still not where I would like it to be but it's come a long way but I'm just trying like it's like, like Sixers trust the process yeah well like you like your mom says you yep. gotta dance yeah exactly dance. I hear you all right brother well why don't you hit us with the uh the matchup zone info uh, a little bit of twitter give us a twitter handle I know we got it behind you but let's uh let's get it out there all right sounds good so again guys follow the show seriously like this is a, a big thing that we're trying to get out there uh to get this show out there um the matchup zone uh so go to on facebook the matchup zone all one word uh on twitter it's mu zone podcast so MU Zone Podcast on Twitter, give us a follow. Uh, at Matchup Zone on Instagram. No the, just at Matchup Zone on Instagram. Uh, we also have a uh, YouTube pay, uh, channel, which we have links to on all of our uh, social media sites. Uh, and also iTunes, just search the Matchup Zone. Give it subscribe, follow, give us a rating if you like the show. Get us out there. I feel like that's the way that people did it happens. Like you just have to start getting people to like actually uh kind of you know what's the word i'm looking for inter like intertwine with the actual show and like well interact yeah. yeah like interact, we want, we want yeah. some interaction we also i know we said we've been saying this at the end of some of our other episodes like if you have a suggestion if you think we should uh we should go to uh riley's pub or show up at uh you know uh what's the place we used to do the pumpkin thing uh, uh mexican food mexican factory. food factory you know that you know i don't think it's a crazy time right now but it's not out of the spectrum that we can do some stuff like that so this is uh, true. but uh if we know you guys want to do it 
then hey, we'll, we'll hook it up. And it's funny because I've like uh, I was reaching out to a few people like about you know what would be a good sponsor. So I'm trying to find like places that like almost like we're a basketball podcast, so people love basketball. I feel like people th- who think like me uh, and you like would like this. So there's like places that I'm going to reach out to this week in terms of like companies that I've been like that would be a fun one. I wonder if they would advertise. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Definitely some uh, some big plans on the horizon for the matchup zone. Fingers Kevin and crossed. myself. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Kevin, this was really cool getting to know you a little bit more. Uh, I think our, our listeners definitely wanted to hear that. And uh, we're going to keep trying some new technologies and get the, the best product that we possibly can. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep dancing. Who else really trying to f- with Hollywood code? I'm with Marla G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I want to tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog millionaire Bollywood flow. And-